so hello everybody this is our very first podcast so before starting about anything i would like to talk about um, the things we have been inspired by and i would like to thank everybody that has helped us to go to this path and try to be as humble as possible so that because without the help of you guys in the website we would not have reached to this podcast level and i would like to also apologize on behalf of our group if we make any flaws and any mistakes so hope you guys help us with that as a part of the rise online we have decided to create this entity derived football podcast which will, which will be a podcast specifically directed to football generally we will cover about premier league but on special occasions we will go as far as possible even to china so it's it's quite weird to talk to these guys in english because generally we talk in nepali but i've got my two friends yeah friends uh, gaurav sapkota and susan porazuli with me welcome to the show guys thank you so, so what we've seen premier league start with a bang game week one was a good show it was fluent and it was it was a kind of a trailer to the season in one way and gimmick 2 was a blast like the goal face there was something extraordinary i was seeing i did not expect so much from tottenham versus uh, southampton at the moment that son's four goals and harry kane's performance were wonderful and then liverpool liverpool versus chelsea happened and leeds versus fulham was a treat to watch and so much and we've taken a, a lot of takeaways from these games so gaurav dai what do you expect uh, what what did you feel after game week 1 and 2 well game week 1 uh, started you no know, like uh, there were just eight fixtures and game week 1 was kind of what i expected it to be you know there were not many surprise results except for everton they have really strengthened in the transfer window and they performed well above their weight uh, another result that really surprised me in game week 1 was liverpool versus leeds i did not expect leeds to be as competitive as they were against the champions and game week 2 there were i think three games which i had seven goals and then there was one more with six goals in it so it was basically a goal fest and that everton really seem like a team to watch and uh, yeah yes like hamis rodriguez is all over the place as the balls he was playing was something extraordinary in the game in the games but uh, richarlison was missing something as well he was missing a lot of chances as well but yeah everton seems to be on a right track so my question to susant is what does he think about uh, everton at the moment hamis rodriguez and everton oh thank you bisham for welcoming me in this great podcast uh, thank you for thank you the team of derive football podcast and talking about this season i was first i would talk about premier league and everton this season a new wave of star came in the premier league like like a new wave that was like a tsunami not a wave actually i would say this is a tsunami of new stars and hamis rodriguez and joe allen sorry allen from napoli in in everton was a great addition in the midfield line now Everton's midfield look like a world class midfield james rodriguez hamis rodriguez will change their dimension and he was 
from his there's a post in this uh, rise online i saw it uh, his every detail was written there and his game was outstanding his first game in his debut premier league game he changed the dimension for the game and when you look at the game he's unlocking defenses passing the ball making through through ball passes to richardson and calvert lewin although richardson is something clinical while finishing like his finishing need to be uh, need to be sharpened the more but look at calvert lewin his finishing his finishing the chances created by James Rodriguez. So, what do you expect from Everton now? They are back in the league, I guess. As a Liverpool fan, I would not want to tell that, but they are back in the league once again. Yes, kind of uh, as a Liverpool fan, but we will try to stay as neutral as possible. So, let's not go there. Okay, then game week three will come as a treat as well. For sure, there will be some drama, some boring games, but football is never boring. There can't be a boring game, actually. There will be a nil-nil drama. Let's take it at that way. So we've got some fixtures, some interesting fixtures. So we've got some very interesting fixtures, especially at game week one. But the one that the two that catches the eye at the moment is Leicester City versus Manchester City and Liverpool versus Arsenal. Two games will be both the games will be ones to watch. Leicester Arsenal has. First of all, let's talk about Arsenal and Liverpool. So, kind of interesting this is because Miguel Arteta, ever since joining Arsenal, he's been bullying Jurgen Klopp. I will take the word bullying because I will because Jurgen Klopp is not expected to lose to a new manager like that. But he has lost two games actually, and the Community Shield game. The scoreline did not reflect Arsenal's performance. They were the better team at that game, right? So, my question to Gaurav again: What does he think about uh, what does he think about uh, Liverpool versus Arsenal and Mikel Arteta's performance against Liverpool as well? Uh, yeah, Arsenal have really improved under Arteta. Arteta seems like a really good coach, uh, learning from the best. He learned from the best at City, and now. Arsenal are really benefiting. Uh, so uh, this game, uh, I don't think that it's gonna be a goal fest. It's gonna be one of those crazy games which is going to be decided by one or two goals. Uh, and uh, Arteta has actually uh, played or played an interesting formation. You know, they play three at the back uh, while defending, and when they are in position, their left back pushes into the midfield and they have that back four. So that has really helped them in uh, defense as well as attack to create those overloads everywhere in the field. And Liverpool, we all know they have been playing like that for the last few years. And uh, uh, maybe the last time uh, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was not as fit as he should be right now. So they really struggled to switch the wings, which really hampered Liverpool. So a full strength Liverpool versus tactical Arsenal is going to be an interesting game. Indeed, it is going to be an interesting game, but there has been this prospect that that is causing havoc in Liverpool in the name of Thiago Alcantara. I'm telling prospect because we have not seen much of him in the Premier League, so at the moment we can't sell him, tell him as a Premier League superstar, so I will call him as a prospect for the moment. And uh, Yesterday, Liverpool run ha- went on havoc against 
against uh, Lincoln. I'm sorry, I missed. I hesitated there, but uh, against Lincoln, Liverpool just were too calm. Zidane Sakiri, he was running everywhere on the pitch. He was showing that passion that he he was taking talking as if he was he had something to prove, but kind of he was doing it very well as well. So another thing that will very much be on parts is Liverpool will have to take that center back position and think about that because Fabinho against Chelsea he was wonderful but he is not a natural there. And what are your thoughts on that? Joe Gomez, Fabinho, and yesterday, Reese Williams, Reese Williams, I guess. Reese Williams was fantastic against uh, against Lincoln. So, what do you think about that, Susant? Okay, like, about Fabinho and Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp has made a great signing of Thiago Alcantara, but that could be a problem for him because of his multi-talented players because of his so much talent in the bench. Okay, now, how will he give playing time? And talking about Jadon Sakiri and talking about Nico Williams and youngsters in Liverpool, Harvey Elliott, like, or even Diva Korigi was on his top form yesterday. And talking about their game, how Jürgen Klopp will give time. And you, I think against Chelsea, it was his experiment to give Fabinho his... To keep him out of his position. Last season, Fernandinho, sorry, not last season, the in 2017, in 20, sorry, in 2018-19, Fernandinho won the title for Manchester City because he played as a centre back and he was not natural there. But you know, the Brazilian players, they have their flair and their passing. Like they can play everywhere, I guess. Like even Fabinho can play. Uh, so Fabinho will make definitely make a change. Uh, in his position, and I think Jurgen Club will be successful. Jurgen will be successful with his experiment. And talking about the other part, Liverpool, Liverpool, Jalen Sakiri, he has not been given uh, game game playing time. As for his quality, like he has he has played for Bayern Munich and won the won won the Champions League medal. And his first debut season was good. He got to play against Barcelona in the Anfield game. But talking about his quality and his passion for Liverpool, he needs he needs more game time. So. Why not consider him as a backup? Why, why, why you need to consider him as backup for Mohamed Salah? Like give him more, more game time. He will prove, he will prove the fact he is a world class player. Uh, his games and his acrobatic skills, his dribbling skills, everything is better. So, I need, I think Jurgen Klopp will have a problem about his dressing room, about his sorry, not dressing room, but about will have a problem in in, in this regard. Like who will give him? Which player he will give more time and talking about Diva Origi, he's a proper striker. He can finish, although he has some problems in dribbling and other, but he can finish. He can score goals when given opportunity. Diva Origi can finish, finish and win new title. He has proven it in Champions League final. So, thinking about this, you need to consider Liverpool have a great bench as well. So, how will Jurgen Klopp maintain his team that depends upon him? Yes, sir. It is a good problem to have when you have got such quality players. And Pep Linges in his pre-match interview against uh, pre-match press conference against against Lincoln also said that point. In uh, in Thiago, we did not brought a problem. We brought a solution. Was his point, and it is quite interesting because Thiago is 
this breed of footballer that is so hardworking and that can create out something out of nothing and that kind of player was missing at the left side with Wijnaldum's creativity especially he was good defensively but he was only single side oriented like if he would defend it would be only defense and if he would go to offense it would be only offense so Thiago is this multitasking player which would be an important part of Liverpool's team right but Another game that is again catching the eye is Manchester City versus Leicester City. So, in this game, it is a game where tactical, same tactical, uh, tactics clash. Like, if you look at Manchester City and Leicester City, the formation is similar, 4-1-4-1. But at the moment, uh, Leicester City are not on the state like last season. They've lost, they've lost, uh, lost Ben Chilwell and they look like a bit uh, not like what they were a season ahead like one year ahead at this game week uh, or just six seven game weeks they were a far better team than what they are right now although they they are winning this is a thing to concern this is a concern as well but right now they are at the top of the table so it is an interesting match as well so what is your thoughts on that Gaurav? Well, the Leicester has obviously dropped since the you know, their performance dropped so much that Manchester United whipped them to top four. Actually, Manchester United were third, Chelsea was fourth, but yeah. Uh, and uh, Leicester uh, have, have really struggled defensively yeah, the last season, but this season they seem to be doing well. James Justin playing in the left back hasn't impressed me defensively, but he, he has been getting those and those attacking positions really uh, quite often but against city with their tricky wingers i think his defensive side needs needs to sign if Leicester are to get any results because with mares or foden running in that wings uh, i don't think justin's attacking ability will be as important and i think johnny wants will be back for this game so they have to be better defensively with NDD going back to his preferred defensive midfield position and uh, yeah yes uh, and there there are reports about uh, Kevin De Bruyne suffering a concussion yesterday so if that happens and he doesn't play then it's going to be a really really competitive game and Leicester might even nick it and the concern the concern is that even NDD is NDD was dropped out of the Nigeria squad due to injury or something. I was hearing that one as well. So, there is that concern as well. And the concussion case is very serious because football nowadays takes these cases a lot seriously. But one thing I often notice is Brendan Rogers. Let's go back to that season where he finished second with Liverpool. He was on the top end of the game. But we noticed that he doesn't have that uh, plan B when he needs to defend or when he needs to defend something, he needs to have that plan B, which he does not have at the moment, at that time, which he did not have at that time, sorry for that, which he did not have that uh, at that time. But now, at Leicester City last season, we have seen that as well. When he tried to change things, when he tried to change things uh, in a different way, he has often failed. So, if somebody targets Leicester City's plans and tactics, are they slumping down? My question is to Susan first. 
Okay, like I would talk talking about Leicester City. Brendan Ben Rodgers is now the type of player, type of manager like who will quit. Last season, people said uh, Leicester will be Leicester will be dead. Leicester will be dead as Maguire is going to Manchester United. Leicester will be dead. But who came? Soyuncu. He transferred the game. He was a wall last season and he got into PFA's team. Am I right, Bisan? He got into PFA's team. Yes. Yes, it was Premier League so team of the year. It was so injured. Yeah. yeah, so talking about less injury, the departure of Chilwell, the, yeah, the departure of Chilwell will not matter for less. And talking about Brendan Rodgers' tactic, he he was the one who brought re- revolution, revolutionary tactic, like taking the fullbacks ahead and using uh, using a proper striker when you need. So uh, I think the team uh, you you uh, he had in Liverpool and now he have in Leicester is quite they are not similar but quite uh, similar you know uh, like uh, he had Suarez he has now Bhadi and he used uh, Steven Gerrard uh, there was Steven Gerrard but there are some defense unlocking uh, midfielders like uh, you can see Madison Barnes and talking about defender there is Austin so uh, pretty balanced team and Peter Michael uh, Ka- sorry Casper Michael is pretty pretty good keeper so. Like this Leicester team is so balanced, and they will they can make a comeback this season. But this season, for, because they they should be playing Champions League, they should have been playing Champions League this season. But they made mistake. They they made mistake of at their own. Like uh, in the end of the season, Leicester lacked something that was I think consistency, scoring goals. Vardy uh, was only scoring goals. So uh, if they Change the f- change the fact from if they learn from their mistakes last season, Leicester will be doing great this season, and they they could finish top four because I don't think Manchester United with this this sort of form will be competing for top four. Or looking at Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, they are doing great. Even Chelsea, so even Tottenham Hotspur this season Premier League is gonna be awesome. But talking about especially about Leicester, they will play pretty good football than last season, I guess. But the concern is here is that uh, I really do not see Leicester City breaking that top four at the moment because let's be honest, if Arsenal somehow managed to get both the midfield targets, that long-term midfield targets in, yes, it is if Watson maybes, but yeah, if Arsenal get uh, managed to sign Jose Moar and Thomas Partey, both of them, this is going to be something serious there as well. They have a squad then. They will have solved the midfield issues. They have already looked as if they have solved the defensive issues. And the offense was never that bad. And we can look at Leicester City and... Sorry, we can look at Tottenham Hotspurs and we can see a balanced team at the Talking moment. Talking about Arsenal, I would, say, I would say Arsenal is great. Arsenal are doing great. Yes, Arsenal are doing great, but... There are so many contenders at that position that they need to invest a lot on the backup as well. I mean, on the midfield right now. Because if we compare Granit Zaka and Mohamed Elneny are not the players that we should be getting in starting lineups for a top four aspiring team, let alone a Premier League team. So my concern is not over there, but Leicester City at the moment, they have, they will miss Soyuncu. They will miss, I'm sorry, they will miss Chilwell and they certainly missed uh, Harry Maguire. Let's be honest. Yes, uh, So Yunju and Johnny uh, Johnny Evans were beautiful in the defense. But had Harry Maguire been there, it would have been a far better story. Like they could interchange the defense so well. 
imagine if uh, John Evans uh, red card situations and everything they really missed Harry Maguire though people won't agree to say that and then they would miss Ben Chilwell as well because that player has been playing week in week out in a top level team for such a long time two seasons he has been impressive two seasons uh, two seasons running and they will miss that but now they've got Timothy Castania that I think they've bought to play at left back though he's a right back and he can play both positions. Similar is the case with James Justin. So they've got these three players who can play interchange in positions. So that will be an interesting watch as well. But now my concern goes to the an another game. Manchester United versus Brighton. But let's seriously not talk about, about the game because at the moment Manchester United fans... I don't think they are concerned about the game at all. The thing they are, con they are concerned about is what is going on in, on the transfer market. My question is to Gaurav Dai. Okay, come again. So, Manchester United's transfer market, what is going on? Because they are absolutely missing out on everything they are trying. I don't know, maybe it is... United have made one really good signing. You know, Donny Van de Beek is a great midfielder. I really rate him uh, because uh, he has that uh, late runs into the box, and uh, I feel like he's going to score a lot of goals this season. And considering their uh, pursuit of Sancho, I think they are they are really scared to invest such a huge amount in the middle of this pandemic because. We never know. The pandemic may come back. The supporters may never come back to the stadium. There are there are reports about Manchester United possibly losing 140 million due to supporters not coming to the stadium. So this this has really affected their transfer business. And another thing is they don't they do not have anyone with footballing brain in their board of directors, and that has also really hampered their pursuit of Sancho. Uh, they are seeing it only from an economic point of view, but if Sancho arrives in Manchester United, then that, that could be a difference between playing in Europa and playing in Champions League next season. And it is definitely going to affect their revenue. So I think they are waiting for the end of the transfer window. Maybe they, they think that Dortmund will finally give up their demands and accept a lower fee. Uh, but yeah, but my concern is for Borussia Dortmund. They have got this completed this squad at the moment. If you look at Borussia Dortmund squad, the squad is completed. And are they pursuing the change of the mind? Maybe because now it is a situation where they are not at the level of Bayern. But if they start performing well, then they can go to that level at the moment. So why would Jadon Sancho be asked to leave, or why would? Borussia Dortmund changed their plans because right now I'm seeing that the eye for Borussia Dortmund is on the trophies at the moment, right? And let me give you a stats about the Glazers so that uh, it is it starts to hurt Manchester United fans again. But the Glazers have taken out a hundred and forty million pound loan on Manchester United in April. They have extracted around ninety million pounds of the club as dividends in last five years, and none of the top six clubs have taken a single penny out of the club. Now they are hiding behind COVID nineteen for the spending on quality players, even though they have kept the club in debt for over fifteen years. Meanwhile, other clubs are going, going, other clubs are going doing transfers as normal. Some 
show some ambition and get Sancho at the line. This is from a Manchester United fan, right? And yes, uh, this is a fanboy stuff that I'm including here, but if this would have affected a club like Manchester United with such high revenue source, it is not just ticket sales for Manchester United. You can see the level of income they earn is not limited to ticket sales because let's be honest, there are sponsorships are tremendous are at a level that no other clubs can match for Manchester United. The, re the revenue will never be a problem. In fact, the players' wages have been reduced since they've already lost, uh, they've already given up on Jaden Sancho and all. So, I don't think the revenue is an issue and the debts and everything may be an issue for the financial things. But what are the Glazers doing is a bad thing for United. I don't, I do not see how you do not spend on this Manchester United team because let's be honest, at the end parts of the season, Manchester United were looking on a right track and it, it looked like they needed a two or three more signings to get that age back. And the Glazers have missed a shot, really. So, Susant, what is your thoughts on Manchester United as a whole, including Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's spells? Because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he is not a proven manager. And if I have to be honest, even the teams that are below Manchester United's level, no disrespect to them, but yeah, there are teams below Manchester United's level. They have good managers. Everton has Carlo Ancelotti. And then even Ralph Asenhutl is a better manager. He has better stats than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So should a manager like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be a manager for a club like Manchester United? My question is to Susan. I'm the one who has always defended the homegrown players as the manager. I have said Frank Lampard as a good manager. I have said Mikel Arteta as a good manager. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the is good uh, is not great is not best but he is good at Manchester United right now. Nobody will help Manchester United. Borussia Dortmund will not change their plan and give Jaren Sancho to Manchester United. They will have to convince Jaren Sancho to come at the club and flourish. Why? Why? Why would Jaren Sancho want to come to Manchester United? Give me three reasons. Okay, nobody has a reason. So, so Bruno Fernandes came there. He had changed the di dimension of the club. They were at other uh, shit form, but now look at looking at the club. They can they can be clinical. They can be clinical. Pogba. If I was a manager, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should learn some new things uh, from uh, his uh, his mentor, Sir Alex, uh, Alex Ferguson. I know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, Solskjaer ru rules his dressing room. Uh, in, in his dressing room, he's the boss. I remember he was shouting at Jesse Lingard, Jesse, you missed this again and you are off the game. That's what a manager needs to do when he needs to transform a club. Jürgen Klopp did the same. Still, there is tradition in Anfield. You cannot touch the uh, Anfield. Uh, this is Anfield... Uh, this is Anfield. There is a mural of Anfield, so you cannot touch touch that until you have won a trophy. That that's what makes sense. That that's what makes sense. So he need to make uh, his own decision, and nobody will help Manchester United. So Manchester United have a good coach right now, but talking about the finances and talking about their transfer market, they have been uh, they have been very bad at um, transfer market. Even Paul Paul Pogba should be considered as a flop. Uh, looking at his form in looking at his form in France and uh, looking at his in form in Italy looking at his form uh, form at international he should be considered as a flop what have he what have he done for Manchester United he have done nothing and wasted 100 million when you when you buy a player for 100 million you he need to give you everything like uh, looking at uh, what Gareth Bale did for Real Madrid 
and comparing what Paul Pogba did for Manchester United gives you nothing. I know their finances, their finances are great. Manchester United are one of the most richest club yeah. in the world, but nobody will help Manchester United except them. So they need to change their plan. They nobody will change Glazers. The Glazers will go nowhere. They are there. They are there, and they will stay. Glazers will stay. But now the manager who come there. So will help the fan, I guess, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will show them track and maybe win them trophy in next two or three seasons. So they should find replacement for Jaron Sancho. They they need to find a sensible replacement. I don't think Jaron Sancho will come to Manchester United this season or next season. No, my concern is the Manchester United as a club will have that pull factor because there is that legacy, there is that tradition, and there is everything there, right? But the issue I have is. Just fucking riot properly, United fans. Because just putting hashtags on Twitter doesn't mean Glazers will go out. The riots before were big, bigger when the Glazers officially bought United in the period of 2003 to 2005, I guess. The riots then were even bigger than this. And yet nobody yet nobody gave a fuck about United. The, the only fuck that you know, Glazers give is about money, right? And... We have to be brutally honest here. The fans need to take take a big step because they need to not go to the stadiums. They need to not go to a, not buy the merchandise. They need to cut every possible revenue for the club to, so that the Glazers sell the club. That is the only way I can see it, right? Money, and uh, now let's turn the concern away from the Glazers at the moment because this now has already turned into into a. Uh, into a riot or something like that. So let's talk about the other games. We have got so many interesting games as well. We've got uh, apart from these games, we've got Brighton, Man United. We've got Crystal Palace, Everton. We have got West Brom, Chelsea. We've got Burnley, Southampton. We have got Sheffield, Leeds, Tottenham, Newcastle, Man City, Leicester City is all there, along with Liverpool and Arsenal, the feature games of the weeks. And we've got West Ham and Wolves and Fulham and Aston Villa. So there are so many interesting games and the game that catches our eye, we will talk about that every three of us. Let's talk about that one game that you think will be an interesting watch. For me, I think the game between Tottenham and Newcastle will be a very interesting watch because Tottenham is a club that has just found that step and if... If Newcastle can find that balance in that attack, that front four they've got, they've got at the moment of Ryan Fraser, Callum Williams, Callum Wilson, and Miguel Almiron and Alan Sand Maximin, they could work. That could work properly. They should try to get the best out of these four, and they've got a good team as well. And after that five-two victory against Southampton, I think Mourinho is happy, and Mourinho knows how to make a team happy if he's happy. How to make a team winning, right? So. That will be a very interesting watch. And for that game, I would like to even see Alan St. Maximin's season will be dependent on that game, how he performs, how go as far as that. Because if he finally goes on a good performance, gives a good performance at that game, if he's given the game time, that is, if he goes on to give a good performance at a game, then he's in that squad no matter what. He's in that team no matter what, right? And that would be an issue. So, how will that front four be managed and 
it is more interesting on the parts of the Newcastle sides of things rather than the Tottenham sides of things. So, again, I would like to hear from Susanth what is his feature game and apart from the three games we have talked about, what is your game that you want to watch and why? Crystal Palace versus Everton. Crystal Palace versus Everton will be the game because looking at Crystal Palace form this season, they are doing some sort of changes and Zaha has been clinical as well. And talking about Everton, Hamis Rodriguez, I've always only talk about Everton and their business and what Carlo Ancelotti can do. He's a good, he's a European successful manager. So talking about Carlo Ancelotti and in Crystal Palace, they have a great team and their rhythm is looking fine and defense is doing great. Everything looks fine in these both clubs. So both can make, uh, both can attack, both can defend, and both can do some serious damage uh, by from their from the midfield position. Uh, one sort of team, both sort of team, does not lack experience in my in my opinion. So, Crystal Palace versus Everton will be worth watch game for this week for me. I don't know, like what would uh, guys say? The big big team, big team matches will be of course the better, but this Crystal Palace versus Everton will be great and very entertaining match. Exactly, like the game between Palace and Everton will be a watch nonetheless. Now, Gaurav Dai, what is your say on Crystal Palace? What is your say on the game you want to watch apart from these games that we've talked and why? Uh, I think the game between Brighton and United is going to be really interesting. You know, Brighton have really impressed us uh, in the past two games. Uh, they have started their season really bright uh, and with a uh, their squad seems fairly settled and they have uh, changed their approach. You know, with the Brighton of past used to be far more defensive than they look like right now. Against Chelsea, they really tasted Chelsea and were the better team on that day. But Chelsea won ugly. Uh, and against Newcastle, I think 3-0, that, that, that was a great performance. And, and the interesting thing is United want to strengthen in that left-back area. And Brighton's main threat comes from the right so it's uh terry clamte and trossard both attack from the right who are their best players currently uh, and uh, if united fail to cope up with them then it's more pressure on the united board to strengthen so this game does not only have ramifications in the premier league table but also in transfer dealings of manchester united and this will be a really interesting watch and the thing is, United uh, were really, really poor against Crystal Palace uh, at the weekend. Um, they did not create enough. Um, their forward line was almost non-existent. You know, they, they, the three forward line, three forwards, Greenwood, Martial, and uh, Rashford didn't even have a single shot on target throughout the whole game. So, yes, sir. That is a big uh, impact. Like, the way I see it, every Premier League team at the moment looks complete. So many Premier League teams, the plans look as complete as they can get. Like, Southampton's investments, they've got a complete squad, even in the front four. Like, we can see Chelsea completing their team, like, every position. And, and so many improvements, like uh, Tottenham doing the deals to complete the team, like, and then... Arsenal trying to complete the team as well. So, the question is, so many teams have made so many proper signings at the moment. It's not like Gareth Bale won't be a good deal because 
for Tottenham, they needed a player that would shift the eyes from Harry Kane as well because Harry Kane was the lone big, that world-class player that we talk 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 about in a team. And Gareth Bale will, will add that star power as well in the team. And if he is given that, just looking at that prime, Gareth Bale is something worth watching, man. That Gareth Bale was something special. And wanting to see him back, I kind of like it because he will run. If he is given proper enthusiasm, if he comes back in his mindset and he starts firing again, he's going to fucking rule the game. And that is going to be a big thing. And then we turn our attentions to transfers. So let's talk about which team had the better transfers in our opinion. For me, currently at the current state with everything done so far, I think it's going to be Tottenham because the signings they have made is so shrewd and so thought about like Pierre-Emily Hoiberg, I don't think any top six side would have even thought about him. But Tottenham went to a player that had been proven in the transfer window, that had been proven in the transfer market and in the Premier League. And they bought him and he looks right on home at the league. And right now the target is to go a step further, to go to crack that league top four position. So... It was a good signing and then Matt Dorothy comes to a similar strength. And then they've added European power, super power players as well. Sergio Regulon was a Manchester United target because he had a splendid season against with Sevilla and he had a splendid season one year ago with uh, breakout season with Real Madrid. So Sergio Regulon was a player to watch. And he he was he came to Tottenham because now the team gets that star power at left back, someone that will challenge Ben Davies at the position because they've been struggling there as well. Sometimes even Tanganga was playing there. So that is a thing to concern they've got there. And I've already talked goods about the Gareth Bale transfer. So yes, Tottenham for me has the best transfer window so far. And what I want to hear about Gaurav's, Gaurav Brothers, Gaurav Dai's verdict on what does he think about which team has had the best transfer window? It's uh, Tottenham's transfer window. Uh, I'm not as impressed uh, with uh, the signing of Doherty and Reguilian. You know, both of them are uh, pretty much attacking fullbacks, and uh, when they both go up, they might be defensively vulnerable. So that is so unlike Jose. So I don't think that he is going to play both of them. There, there, there has to be something tactical, some tactical change from the last season to accommodate both of them. And the the team that has really strengthened in this transfer window is obviously Chelsea, because uh, they have bought I think six first team players, and all of them improve on what they had their their last season. And the interesting thing is they are not just buying and stockpiling the talent. They are, they are actually replacing their old players, uh, which they could not do uh, due to transfer ban in the last season. And uh, one thing about Chelsea signings are uh, all of these players were a sort of talisman at their previous club. Uh, everyone was um, was the hub of attacking or everyone was the main defender kind of a player so they have really strengthened well and I, I really expect them to go and compete with Manchester City and Liverpool which I think they will yes there is Chelsea has had a good transfer window especially 
the signings are absolute fire. Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, they were some of the best players in the in the team, some of the best players in Bundesliga as a whole. And then Thiago Silva seems to be as thoughtful as thoughtful as any signings go because of his experience in the game and what what Chelsea actually needed in defense. But the addition, I think that is the best for Chelsea in defense. Chelsea this whole season has to be Edward Mendy. Because let's be honest, Chelsea, they could have done without a defender. They could have done good without an offensive player. But Kepa was fucking everything up. Kepa was going mad in in a bad way. And that was hurting Chelsea. So getting Edward Mendy done is a good thing for Chelsea. So apart from these two teams... Can Susanth enlighten on his thoughts on the transfer window? Where is he? I don't think he's somewhere here. So, yeah, I'm here right now. So, talking about my, 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 talking about my, as my vision, in my vision, talking about. The Premier League transfer this season, I've already told this is the tsunami of new world-class player coming. Not only players coming, but world-class player Gareth Bale, Sergio Reguilón, and I think I would go with Wayne Rooney's statement. If Liverpool manage to get Thiago, that would be a great addition for Liverpool than Messi to Manchester City, and I think that is correct. And Thiago has already proved they lack the defense unlocking midfielder, and they got it. So. What do you expect? Uh, Diego Hota and Tismikas uh, already. Liverpool have always wanted, Liverpool desperately wanted the backup of uh, Henry Robertson. And you get the same type playing player, the same attacking player, the same run-making player. So what do you expect for Liverpool? They're, 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 Jürgen Klopp is not the type of manager who would sign world-class player, who would sign Mbappe uh, or Mbappe 2020 or something. That's not, for, that's, that's not the case for Liverpool. They will work on signing the players that they that they, they their team would fit in. So, the Premier League did a great transfer this season. But Liverpool, I, in my opinion, Liverpool had the best transfer transfer season transfer coming this season. Yes, I have to agree with that because now if we see at a team that went on to become champions and you had you had depth to that squad as well as you had a starting player. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, you are improving a lot. So, let's turn our attention on something that I've been impressed by. Video assistant referees. Last year, it was ridiculously stupid. It was shit. But this year, somehow it's come to a proper position. Somehow, I mean, I think there are there is a work to do. There are works to do, definitely. But last season, it was like, this should be removed from the game. But now, my thought here is like, VAR is a technology which should be grown and which should be molded. But now the VAR, I think the VAR is not the problem. But the rules in the, inside of VAR is the problem. I do not know what is the rules. So, what is your verdict on the improvements of VAR? How do you think VAR can be improved, or do you think it is good? Firstly, I want to hear from Gaurav. Yeah, VAR has been really impressive this season. But uh, the another thing that has really surprised me is uh, in a negative way is the award is the way penalties are being awarded like right left hand center you know that there is a new handball rule that uh, says that anything below 
the, the sleeves of your jersey is hand and anything above that is not hand and the, the referees do not really seem to care about the intention or something like that if your hand is not uh, within your body and then they are just giving penalties like uh, i think uh, we saw one with manchester united at the weekend and the one that zaha scored uh, that was not a, that shouldn't have been a penalty because it, the distance was really close so that that is something that's bothering me this season uh, but uh, video assistant referee has been really, really good that they overturned a red card for Kyle Walker Peters which was uh, good they awarded a red card for uh, Andreas Christiansen which was another good decision so var has made quite a few good decisions this season yes var has certainly improved and there is still room for improvement right there are still rooms for improvement for but uh, more than on the sides of var's things on the technology thing it's on the rule book so some rules absolutely frustrate me like uh, the rule of that uh, armpit getting offside or the rules of that handball rules and gorov brother mentioned it so my question to sushant is do you think premier league should really consider talking to the fans about the rules because let's be honest it is going really bad so i think the fans could give a different dynamism to the rules to improve vr a lot should not there be a, a way they can talk to the fans about how to improve this thing no i don't think changing rules and talking talking to fans for for rules will not will not be a great idea because uh i think fans will consider i i respect premier league uh, premier league fans should respect the decision from fa and the premier league because this season uh, I, i i might go out topic this season many top 6 may let's consider top 6 club wanted the five substitution rule but premier league stopped it because it would be very uh, unequal it would be very unequal for Uh, those small clubs are uh, those clubs who are out of top 6 so this would be a biased decision so i think we should respect uh, this season and talking to fans will not be a great idea but var was shit last season and this is only game week 2 but var has made a lot of changes and in uh, since when var was introduced in 2018 world cup it brought a lot of penalties you you know var would give a clear decision it will stand against racism even th- that is a very good point of uh, var is i love about var is it it will help the to stand against racism mainly like when players are you know, mainly like neymar neymar was said neymar was said to be i repeat neymar was said to be racially abused but we don't know what's the case var we're talking seeing from var and uh, some lip sync expert would have called it out but uh, in premier league that that, that is a must need thing because you know uh, in premier league the racy uh, i talking about racism in premier league it was on, on its peak even trent alexander arnold was uh, racially abused against chelsea against chelsea when he scored the, that screamer free kick assisted by mohammed salah so uh, these factors var will help you directly but var is uh, the genuine football is being kidnapped by var i would say the word kidnapped is correct because you know 
इवन सेंटीमीटर मीटर मिलीमीटर आई थिंक दैट वॉज अगेंस्ट जेमी वारी वेन यू वॉज कॉल ऑफ साइड बिकॉज ऑफ मिलीमीटर और सेंटीमीटर आई गेस्ट Roberto Firmino two times it was against yeah. Sadio Mane once Roberto Firmino yeah. two two times I guess a lot of and players have, also against Jamie Vardy yeah a lot of uh, players have been victim but I remember that specific against Jamie Vardy by millimeter you know that that we don't want that in football we want clear decision but that will surely help to make clear decision let's see uh, and even with the VAR sometimes referee cannot give decision. Maguire, uh, I remember last season Maguire, Maguire was not given red card for hitting Tanya, Tamriya Abraham in the balls. I guess was it Maguire? Yeah, he was Maguire. I guess and Son Heung-min got uh, Son Son Heung-min Son got red card in similar case. So VAR need to VAR needs some improvement. There is uh, there is there is some gaps to be fulfilled. There is some loopholes to be buried. So if Premier League and the FA works on this. VAR will, VAR has already been a great addition, and this VAR will be excellent. Yes, but I would like to talk about racism at the moment, and this is quite hurtful for me because I I will see in comments I used to see in these things like I don't know if I will be racist here, but calling Neymar a monkey is racist, guys. That is fucking racist. I was seeing that is just body shaming or something. Body shaming is also racism, dude. You need to get that over there. Yeah. Body shaming is being racist. So if Neymar was called a monkey, it was racist because monkey comes from racism. Monkey is calling. I, I cannot explain that properly, but that is being racist. So please do not even think about that not being racist or that is just body shaming or something. That is racism, dudes. That is completely racist. So let's think about that and answer. And <laughs> it's been weird. It's been our very first experience here. So I would like to thank Susant. I would like to thank Gaurav. Gaurav Sapkota Dai. Dai is a Nepali term for brother. So he is elderly to me. So I would show that respect. So never take that away. And it was a good experience. I hope you like this podcast. For more, you can go on to www.theriseonline.com. And this is a group where we try to improve the quality of writing, our quality of writing as well as so many others. We've been spot on our, on our fantasy Premier League things so far. We've been trying to dig deep on what the Glazers have done. We've tried to dig deep. We've learned about maybe we've gone the best uh, i have done my writing among them i think i have did the best work so far in my life in the, the in the andrea pirlo article where i completely read his thesis and completely read his thesis completely read the game he had against sampdoria and i wrote an article on that we're trying very hard to be the to change the landscape of journalism so i would love to see your support there as well and on the podcast as whole the derived football podcast is all about changing the game yeah we would love to hear your comments on what you want to be added over here what you want to be reduced here we've been using a lot of swear words like fuck and shit but that is just a part of improving things some things are so ridiculous that using fuck using shit justifies that so that is not a wrong thing in our opinion so we are trying to do that one as well so and our sound quality is not on the peak so far because 
we are on stuck on lockdown and every situation like that we will try to improve that with your help you you learning the podcast it will be special do follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and we will be available on as much platforms as possible hope you enjoyed the podcast very much i would like to deep deep i would like to thank you very very much for staying this deep on the podcast it is and i hope we try to improve we try to improve your game knowledge and we try to give as best as we can i think we try to give it we did not give as best we can almost improve every time but yeah we did as much so thank you susan for coming and do you have anything to say before we kick out uh my last concern is i, w- I would like to talk about racism and and this could be this could get out of football so body shaming is racism guys and racism is a very bad thing so when you experience it report it because it start from you it start from me and it is it grows out and grows and grows out like i have been body shamed or i i should report it so so do not tolerate anything it's about so this this topic came and so i i wanted to speak about yes, it so, i i kind of agree with you because uh, we have to be honest i'm i'm a fat dude yes and calling me a fat dude might not offend me but it might offend somebody and that is that is not exactly racist but that hurts him man so we need to focus on that one as well and football is all about uniting everyone and making it happy making everyone happy the one takeaway we take from the game the beautiful game is just being happy in life just enjoying our favorite team losing just hating our hated team and just enjoying the game but at the end of the day somebody's happiness somebody's enjoying somebody's entertainment and life life as a whole is a lot bigger than football so i hope you guys all enjoyed god of god of the has already left because of his work so thank you for him as well for giving his time thank you susan for giving your time and thank you to everybody for watching it thank you to our editor neeraj who will be editing this afterwards so i have already thanked him before and thank you to everyone thank you to nimesh who will be making the website making everything possible in the website side of things hope you download this on our website www.theriseonline you can see this podcast on facebook instagram twitter and youtube as well i hope you like this thank you very much have a good day